WeChat Divorce. Hello, I'm Karen. I'm here with Catherine. We're co-founders of My Divorce Solution, and we're excited today to be sitting down with a client, Eileen, who has pretty much experienced the three phases of the divorce process uh, with My Divorce Solution. Hi, guys. I'm Hi, so Eileen. excited that you're here, Eileen. It's so nice to see you today from where we started. Thanks for having me. You're glowing. You are glowing. Uh, yeah, I, I thank you. I feel it. So, Eileen, you started with us about how long ago? Um, was it 18 months ago? About two years. About two years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. And where were you at when you were introduced to My Divorce Solution? Well, I was actually at um, a sister's year meeting, and Catherine was speaking. She was the guest speaker, and I had been contemplating a divorce for a couple of years. I had seen an attorney, and I actually was signed up with um, a mediator. Uh, I can't remember her name right now, but it just I wasn't going anywhere, and it didn't feel right. And I heard Catherine speak, and I was so... <sighs> Uh, it, it was just, I just really, she was honest. She had been through the process herself. Um, and I remember her saying, um, you know, a lot of women um, aren't very aggressive and they're not interested in, in uh, getting the money that's really theirs. Um, and I tell you that I'll get it for you if you want to give it back to them. Feel free, but I'm there as your advocate, and I'm going to make sure that you, you know, that you, your rights are. Right. That you know. is yeah. something I do say a lot. You do. Once you know the difference between what is marital and what is not marital, which unfortunately many people don't really perceive money like that. And once you sign your agreement, you can't go back to get an equitable distribution changed, unless somebody wasn't forthcoming and you found assets. I, I'm guessing that an attorney would take you back for that. But during the process, I always say, go by the guidelines, get what you're supposed to get that's yours, entitled yours, and then if you don't want that money, go ahead and give it back. And I've yet to write a check with somebody that they wanted to give it back. <laughs> yeah, I have to say my experience was similar in the very beginning. It's like I didn't want to be the bad guy. I felt bad for leaving him to begin with. And, you know, he was, you know, just really playing up the fact that what it was going to cost him out of pocket. So, you know, I wanted to make as little noise and as little trouble as, as possible. But I'm so glad now, looking back, um, that I didn't, I just was not in a very powerful position at that point. Um, yeah. You were afraid, I would think. I was afraid and I was still living with him. And I knew that at any point he could make everything 10 times more difficult. Um, you know, and I have to say, when I did first hear you speak, I was in an audience with uh, quite a few women who had already been through the divorce process. And you could hear like the murmur and they were like, oh my gosh, I wish I had met her before because I went through exactly how you were saying um, and I got nothing and, or I did not advocate for myself. And we, they just wished that they had met you before they'd gone through their own divorce. Which is one of our driving forces. We hope that everybody comes here first. Yeah, so you don't have that regret that, you know, you wish you had. Well, when people come here first, it's not making a commitment to divorce. It's making a commitment to be empowered if you choose 
to get divorced. So the first phase is the financial portrait, as we call it. And what was that experience like for you, the before and after, when you come in and we first say, all right, let's look at what you have and talk generally about what it will look like before, during, and after divorce for you. What was that experience like? Well, I think I was still in the question of, you know, am I really going to do this? Can I do this? Can I live on my own? I mean, I've been married for 33 years and, you know, I was once an executive, but I quit my job to raise my kids. So, you know, I really wasn't making that much money at that point to support myself. And so I really came in first just to talk to Catherine. You know, we had a conversation and I was afraid because I had seen attorneys. I saw one attorney who told me I had to live with my husband for two years. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, my God. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was just a one on one conversation that I had with Catherine. And I walked out feeling like, you know, I was empowered to make my own decision. And I knew that I would get support with you guys. It didn't happen right away. It did not. Recall. We talked several times, and I think maybe even over a year, like yes. in the span of a long time. And, and the reason I bring that up is because we have quite a few women that have come here three years ago that are now coming back, but they've talked to us throughout this three years, or they've come two years ago, or they've come a year ago and six months ago, because it doesn't just happen overnight for a lot of us, especially if you're 45 years or older, or you have marriages of 20 years or or actually I should say 19 years is a big number, 19 years or more, you just don't make this decision overnight. And you're, you're an example of that. So a lot of times when they're saying, Oh my gosh, I'm crazy. I'm, I keep vacillating back and forth. Am I crazy? And it is the cases like the great divorce where you can take care of yourself, but you're afraid to, because you've been married so long. And I've been told that I couldn't. Right. It's been drilled into your head. Or that he would take it all or that I would have no money um, to live on. And that was one of the things that I was concerned about. Will I have enough money to to support myself? Um, and I think I had the fear because my husband, um, I don't even know how to say it, but he wasn't always a nice guy. And there were times that I was afraid that he was really angry. And I thought that I would have to leave the house quickly. Um, which at one point I did. So I took all, uh, you asked, you told me to, what to gather, and I gathered all these papers, passports, and that kind of thing, and I sent either the documents or the copies of the documents to you. And sometimes too much. <laughs> yes. Well, at <laughs> least okay. I knew which is good. I, we got if it. I had to leave quickly, that I didn't have to leave stuff behind. So I wouldn't have to go back and, and um, look for things. And so we had the, I had the advantage of bringing some documents in and some of the financials that you were able to take a look at before I really pushed ahead um, with the divorce. So I kind of had an idea before I even spoke to my husband about it, where I was um, financially and, and where I would end up. And that's really important because that was empowering and helped me get through some difficult times where he insisted that I would not have um, those assets. It's always shocking to the spouse who is more powerful over the finances that when the other spouse comes forward and even knows a term or knows what one of those statements now is, they don't have to really, you didn't really have to understand what shares were, what the values were, or what the um, RSUs were or what a 401k is, but you saw it on the statement. So you're able to say back, but what about the 401k that is marital? And all of a sudden that other, that spouse is like, whoa, how she learned that, that 401k is marital. So it is powerful in that way. And that's why some little bit of knowledge of anything 
gives you the clarity that you need to start really realizing the power you actually have. Yeah, it was that that support was really important to me in moving forward. I don't know. I don't know if I would have moved forward um, without that because I was too afraid of where I would end up. And I was already struggling with the decision because I didn't want to break up our family. Um, but it was the best thing that I did. And um, and I would never have gotten through it the way I did without you guys. Because you, Catherine, had developed a rapport with my husband who was very difficult. And by the time we were finished with our first meeting or mediation together, um, he was offering to make you a uh, lemon drop <laughs> cocktail, yes, which I was shocked. Yeah. He still owes me a lemon drop yes. martini. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you did a mediation. Didn't you do a negotiated settlement? So what had happened was Eileen was in the beginning process, and we talked about the financials, and she was going to mediation. And what was happening was when we were prepping for your mediation, with you were taking my notes to the mediator and coming back with just notes from my notes. So everything kept getting delayed. And because I was part of the conversation and hearing what her ex, soon to be ex, was saying back, I just thought, let's do a negotiated settlement and propose it to him. Yeah. And we because did we that. weren't going anywhere at the mediation. I actually was paying an attorney to mediate between the two of us. And it mm -hmm. just was months and months and months were going by and we just hadn't gotten anywhere. Actually, now that I recall, one of the notes back from one of your sessions was have Catherine send me the financial arrangement that you want to make. And I thought, well, wait a minute, why don't you guys just come here and we'll do that. And so Mike, I shouldn't say his name, I guess, but your spouse at the time was like, yes, I want to talk to somebody who will talk finances with me because he's very astute with the finances and wasn't really looking to hide anything. No. I, you know, I, I give kudos to a lot of the men that come in here because I, they don't feel like I'm on their side, but I think, Michael is an example of, I, I really was on his side. I'm on both your sides because I'm trying to advocate for your children in the long run so that you can. Yes, you were clear thing. about that. And I think that made a difference with him. I think that that really um, motivated him to do this in a, in a kinder way, you know, um, knowing that at the other side of this, you know, we'd still have a relationship, a family intact you know, got a little... And it got heated a couple of uh, times. Yeah. That's okay. All yeah. the way through. Well, I just want to put a little bit of clarity to the word mediation, financial negotiated settlement, so that anyone listening will understand. So what some people don't understand is that when you go to a mediation, if you're both not this on the same level as far as your finances or managing your finances, it's very hard difficult because a mediator cannot advise. So Eileen, you had hired Catherine as a CDFA to kind of coach you and guide you through mediation. Well, and yes, that still fact, wasn't working because the mediator can't advise. So you're still sitting there in a very difficult situation, not really understanding and not able to keep it moving, be aggressive enough to keep the process moving. Yeah. In fact, you, Catherine gave me the option in the very beginning to to either if I wanted you to help as mediator or I wanted you as my CDFA as my um, support system. I don't know what as my advocate. And to me that was more important because I knew I would, you know, it was important for me for you to back me up and that advocacy to me was invaluable. Um, and I figured mediation I can get through that as long as I've got you as my advisor. Um, and as it turned out, you ended up 
skillfully <laughs> negotiating both. And it got us through in a way, I think there's no way we could have done it in a different way. You know, he ended up probably giving me more than I would have gotten in any other way. Well, I think that he understood through his advice that he got on his own because when we do negotiated settlements um, and the other party is aware that we're not advising you legally, I'm really just facilitating the financial agreement. And I also advise that the other party and you yourself as our client seek counsel outside of that if they want to question anything that we're proposing or anything that we're covering. So if they want to go, go speak to an attorney, go speak to a meter, go speak to another financial if you're the spouse and get some advice or have them look at what we're talking about. So we, our client, you and, and me and, and here, we don't, we don't come to it like we're trying to get the other party. Right. So as long as everyone's being transparent, we can have the difficult conversations. We can entertain what they want to propose. And so he was being heard. And I have no problem saying, why would she agree to that? You know, this is what we see, and I'm, this is where I'll advise Eileen to go speak to an attorney or for you to go speak to an attorney. And because it's open like that, people are willing to – and the people are willing to bring their financials together. We can come to agreements. And, and you, are, you are also willing to tell Eileen the same thing. Eileen, you're not being reasonable or you're not understanding it from a – you were always reasonable. You were never reasonable. We never are. But to that point, I mean, but the emotions are so There were times that my husband would say something that I felt like with American women, I wanted to like reach across the the desk. And, you know, Catherine turned to me and said, look, you're not here. I I don't think that that's how I meant it. And it just kind of de-escalated and let us get beyond that so that we could get to the business that was at hand. But then I asked him in front of you. Right. Is this what you were intending yes. to say? Because this is what she's hearing. Yes. No. Yeah. No. And I have no problem saying to you, can you say, you know, let's just say thank you. Or let's just say I'm sorry, which you would never say on your own because you're coming from an emotional. And because I'm willing to do that in front of everyone, we can put some feelings aside. And like you said earlier, talk about what we need to talk about at that moment. You know, I was able to, I mean, we'd come here in the same car. I was able to go home in the same car, have conversations, and keep it on a very um, calm, decent level and still be friends throughout the process. Now, it didn't always stay like that, but I think in the end it probably will. Now, the first CDFA that I spoke with suggested that I get an attorney, that unless you're on equal um, footing, financial footing. Yes, completely equal if you don't have someone who's more controlling that she recommended an attorney was the only way to go. But had I done that at the get-go, it would have been a nightmare. I think we would have been at each other, and um, I just think my husband would not have been as reasonable. And I think it w- I think we'd still be going through it now. Well, in fairness to the other CDFA, we don't have to mention anyone. Most CDFAs, if not all that we know of, um, their main business is financial planning. And so although they're trained and they've taken the CDFA for exams and they're aware of what could happen through the divorce process, that's not really their focus. So I don't invest anymore after the fact. So we really just use the CDFA knowledge to help you negotiate through the process. And so that's why we would never, well, that's why we You like would to- never benefit off of someone else's cash settlement. 
No, but it was smart that she didn't try to, or he didn't try to do that. They just said, that's why they send you to attorneys. They don't know about us. They need to send them here so we can do the financial work and then send you to the attorneys when you need the, the, the legal advice. Yeah, absolutely. I think attorneys would have just escalated. Um, and what you were able to do was get us together to negotiate with each other instead of through two other attorneys, because then it's in the, on my experience is it's in the attorney's best interest to um, do what's best for their client. It just turns out to be a mess and it's not best in the best interest of the couple. And then I feel like that's how you worked was in the best interest of being fair, getting it done and keeping the tempers down and being able to move forward in a way where, you know, it was not as painful as it could have been. You know, let's talk about that. So we come to an agreement and we draw you up an agreement in principle, and now it's time for you both to have it reviewed by attorneys. And that's where Karen comes in for our phase three here, because it still becomes difficult when you have to sign and settle this, because attorneys add legal language into your final agreement that can send people into a tizzy, right? They either don't understand it from someone else. So moving down. Until you've yeah. signed on the dotted line, until your partner has signed on the dotted line, nothing is certain. So let's talk about now, Karen, when you entered with Eileen. So so now I'm not the lead advisor anymore. And now Karen is your lead advisor. And our phase three is helping you tie up the loose ends and to get you to that signing of your marital settlement agreement once the attorney prepares it and reviews it with you. Karen goes with you. And so what was the benefit of having Karen there with you? Um, to get you through to that final, and now I know you're still in phase three right now, but even just knowing that she's there once we have the agreement between the two of you. Well, I was just sitting here thinking before you reply, I think my first interaction was attending your real estate closing. That's right. I forgot about that. You know, I did my best to keep the conflict or possibility of conflict down, and I spent... 30 plus years keeping my mouth closed. And I've gotten to a point now where it's very difficult for me to do that. So I thought better than me expressing my opinion, um, let me work through you guys and worked through Karen. And she actually went to the closing. Uh, and it was hard for me at that point. You know, there were documents I didn't want to look at. I just didn't want to face it. I wasn't in a good spot. And so I would have Karen review it for me. And that's me. because the realization of this marriage really being dissolved has come now. Yes. And so you really have to stand up to it. So it's still so emotional that to have an advocate there for you. Yes. And there are still negotiations. There are still, you know, costs, outstanding costs and things that you share. And, um, and as a matter of fact, the morning of the closing, I was in the basement of the house and my husband said to me, do you think that Karen can go to represent me too? <laughs> I love that. I remember sitting at the table. I think he had gone to the wrong office and was a little late. I remember the realtors being very much on edge. The title clerk was there and she was a little nervous. And the, I think this uh, buyers had a representative because they were moving in from out of state. Yeah. Can I stop you for one second? They were nervous because this was a divorce situation. Yes. Yeah. People don't like to deal with divorce situations. They become very uncomfortable. They're waiting and for an explosion. You're, you're showing up for Eileen's benefit. Eileen's mm -hmm. not there. And now the husband that they're waiting for is running late. So they're thinking this might be a fight when he comes mm -hmm. in. Okay. So go ahead. Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously tension was high. 
And he walks in and he sits right next to me and we start talking. I show him the sheet because I had already reviewed it as your advocate. And I let him know where we were. I showed him the numbers. I knew he's a numbers guy. So I knew what he wanted to see the bottom line. He signs their jaw, all of them, their jaws just dropped. They couldn't believe it. And then I said, we have it. We had a side transaction to do based on a prior agreement. We went to another room, got that taken care of. They were shocked. Well, let me say why. Because I know Michael from the whole negotiation. He is a smart man. He is an intimidating man. So when he, and he is very knowledgeable Mm -hmm. of your, what your whole scenario was financially and everything. So for him to walk in and to sit down, you would think maybe he was an easy, gentle guy, which he does, you know, wants to communicate, but you would think that, which is probably why everyone was nervous. Like, Oh my God, this guy's going to storm in here. But the fact that you had a relation, we had established this relationship through our process and he knew that you were smart also, and that you were going to get to the bottom of it. It's very interesting to me that he would come in and just sit next to you. It was like you were two friends getting to the seat and you were both on different sides, but but he was was respectful. Yeah. Yeah. He trusted you guys that you weren't Mm -hmm. That you were being, uh, you know, upfront and you were and forthright and you were going to do what the best that you could for all of us. Right. Right. That was an awesome story. I was very happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted to know all about what you do because they Mm -hmm. couldn't believe that um, the two of you were sitting together at the table and it went off without a hitch. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, you know, we um, they introduced us to some other people who needed our help as well because they saw the results of it. And I think that really fast forwards us a little bit to when your marital settlement agreement was drawn up by the attorney and the two attorneys are now conversing with each other and not the, the two clients aren't in the room at this point. And now Michael sees something on a, an agreement and it's not what he it was expecting. Mm-hmm. And so it continues going back and forth until finally we decide that you should call him, Karen, because Mm -hmm. we already have this relationship and we see that there's some kind of misunderstanding, but it's costing you thousands of dollars to go back and forth. So Karen, then you call Michael and he responds immediately. And that's the beauty of two, your attorney could not call Michael because Because the other attorneys, the other attorneys were not, uh, it's like they weren't even sure what was going on. I forgot. I just lost my train of thought. The interpretation of the agreement became something that he didn't think was in there. And so it was just a confusion of language. Everything was getting lost in translation. Right. That's a perfect way to say it. But because you had that relationship and said, okay, I'm going to just reach out to him and see how Mm -hmm. is he interpreting this? And with that conversation, Karen, that you had with him, because of a relationship we've had now for over a year, and his knowledge, we were you were he able was to not happy. He was in a really, and I understand why he had received misinformation from the attorneys. Yes, yes. the attorneys and were giving so, out right incorrect information, right, and just creating this escalation that didn't need to be there, but one that I really wasn't in a position that I felt that I could quiet. You know, it was kind of like a runaway train or could have been until you interjected and just said, look, Michael, this is not, Yeah. it's not actually what they told you wasn't true. And then that was, then we were able to get on with it, but otherwise. And again, in unfairness to him, if that kept derailing, yes. you get angry. Like he's not going to sign this. Now he's, now he's changed his mind. Now he's going to do this, but he that wasn't. Was the risk. He really wasn't yeah. doing that. It was him interpreting something that wasn't what you guys agreed to. 
And so with Karen clearing that up, yes, and and I said that from the beginning, this guy is reasonable. He really does want, he didn't want the divorce, then it came to the divorce. And I think he wants to co-parent with your grandchildren, children. And so that to me is the beauty of the whole process. And I commend the both of you for allowing yourselves the vulnerability to go through that and to be vocal when you had to be and gain your power when you had to be and also to succumb and compromise to some things in fairness of an agreement. I mean, that's on both your sides. And that's what I love about our processes here. Well, it created the framework that allowed us Mm -hmm. to be that way because I think both of us felt safe and that, you know, you didn't have alternate motives, you know, that, that we felt that we were in, you were working in our best interest, even though you weren't representing Michael, you cared about the family and, you know, what happened on the other side of the divorce. So the support every step of the way to me, even past my work with Catherine and with Karen has been tremendous. That's why I kept it up because, you know, it hasn't been cheap. You've had to pay for our services. We don't do them for free, but it's been worth every cent. You had used the term, um, you had staging. Not, yeah, the analogy. Yes. I like it to stage and staging because I staged both of my houses in the past couple of years. Um, and it, I don't know if it cost five, ten thousand dollars And I know it's something that a lot of people don't see value in. But because of that, I sold my houses for asking price or over. And the first one was at a broker open house. And the second time it was before the house was actually on the market. So not only did I get best price. Um, I sold it with ease and, you know, it was just, it was such a great investment. When I look back such a a small amount compared to, uh, you know, what I ended up achieving in the end. Financially and emotionally. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're comparing our services to that. Yes. I think that I think that a little extra preparation and having the support of you guys, I just don't think I would be at this point. I think that I don't think there would be any possibility that we could be friends. I don't think that the distribution would would have been as positive on my side. And I think there just would have, I think I would be sitting here on a pile on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to say one of the joys that we get is seeing our clients one year and a few years out. So, you know, when you walked in the doors today, immediately like, wow, you look so good. You are glowing and you do look great and you're evolving. And I'm so proud of you. And I know Karen is as well, because it's, it it inspires us to keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, although we can lead you to great resources and be there and be your advocate, we're not doing it for you. You actually are doing it. So you're really much more powerful than you think you are. And I think it's really exciting to hear even about, I know your business, I can remember when we started the negotiations, your business didn't, it was just really kind of surviving. And now it seems like you're, you're evolving from the inside out, which is now, I mean, all of the trips you're taking, I really would like to talk about what your Tell us. plans are and what you're doing. Well, I think, I think, you know, I'm a travel agent and I think what I've learned through this whole process is. Um, some of the destinations that I've been to, some of the places that I've gone um, have helped me figure out who I was and where I wanted to go in my life. Um, And I think it helped give me the strength to move out of a marriage that wasn't working and into new possibilities. And to me also, I think there's nothing like the support of other women, which I love about you guys, because you understand what it's like. 
and um, you just help support us. You know, they have this saying about standing on the shoulders of others. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was. But anyway, but I think women can be our best support. And what I'm interested in is moving forward in my life in a way that's powerful and um, I can really become who I was meant to be. And uh, I think with other women, you know, making discoveries and, and you know, uh, going to new destinations, I think can be a really powerful way to, to um, empower each other. Yeah. And, and to be able to Discover travel you with are. you, yeah. but someone who's kind of forged the path ahead, maybe. And who will also be able to say, you know what, you will be okay. Yeah. Thank you. So you put together trips for women. Yeah, I think I'm working on a trip right now for uh, France, um, Paris, and the Loire Valley wine tasting. Who doesn't like that? Oh, nice. um, yeah. So uh, there are a couple of destinations that I really love. A couple of um, into the mindfulness thing because that's really helped me. Um, spending some time in India, learning some techniques that have helped me through this whole process. Um, yeah. And so it's about being mindful and supporting each other and discovering new horizons. And what I love most about that is that I'm a firm believer that divorce is not defined who you are. Divorce is a part of your story, but right now you're defining who you are and where you're going. And that's a beautiful thing. Well, I have this plaque in my house and it says, it's never too late to live happily ever after. Oh, I love that. Which, I, love that. which I really love. And I feel like now that I'm on the other side of it, because of the whole experience that I'm able to move on to the next phase of my life, which I think is just going to be just, I'm going to blow the doors off. Bravo. The place. So I yeah. Love that. I yeah. love that. I oh feel like God. I'm getting my wings, you know? Oh, you are. That yeah. So the glow is the first step. And I know that you don't have your new name yet, but if anyone's listening to the podcast, feel free to reach out to Karen and I, and we will um, connect you to Eileen. Yes, I'm actually, uh, my my company is Simply Juicy Travel, which I'm going to transition into uh, new chapter travel, which is about, you know, great heading towards that. your new chapter. So, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen, for being with us today and sharing your story and your journey. Well, I'm so blessed to have met you guys and, uh, you know. Likewise. Everything happens for a reason, but it's really benefit, benefited me tremendously. Great. That makes us so happy and empowers us to go on. But I will tell you this, whether it's Michael or you, I want my lemon drop martini. <laughs> I, can make, I can make them too, you know. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you would like to um, contact us, you can contact us at hello at mydivorcesolution.com or visit our website at www.mydivorcesolution.com.